John, it's been a while. It has been since last year. Yeah, so, too long. Too long. We've had uh, sickness and weather mm-hmm. and weirdness. And yeah. So it's good to be back. Yeah, good to be back. We've been uh, uh, getting this HVAC project going. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, I don't know what that means for the studio space. Uh, comfort should be good, but um, volume, hopefully... Hopefully it's quieter. Yeah, the, those split systems tend to be yeah. quite a bit quieter. Yeah, so I'm, yeah. I'm hoping for that. Well, that and during the summer, because we have that evil humidity here in yes. Maryland. Yes. That'll knock that way down. Yeah, one of my um, guitar students was telling me that um, it should be a lot drier. In, yeah. In the, in yeah. The, uh, yeah, that's like running the air conditioner. It's like running the defroster in your car. Yeah. Yeah, you're sucking all the water out of the air. And that's yeah. all these instruments will be happier. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I do uh, try to keep these instruments, especially these two, which are, um, what do you call them, carved tops, this mm-hmm. one and this one. Um, I don't know if those, yeah, they, they both show up in the screen. Um, those are um, not plywood tops, right. so they're susceptible to uh, splitting, which would be fairly heartbreaking. It has happened to me in the past. <sighs> yeah, that's that's why, yeah, aim for, yeah, sort of 40 to 50% humidity. Yeah. 50 is nice. Yeah. Everything seems comfortable there. Yeah. So if, if you do have uh, some some guitars like that, um, yeah, definitely, like like John said, keep, keep the humidity uh, at a good level range. Uh, so I've got a uh, um, evaporative humidifier mm-hmm. in here, uh, really for that reason. Also for yeah. for health, I think. It's, yeah, it's, oh, it's it's much. Bad. And in the winter, it lets you run the heat lower mm-hmm. because it feels warmer. It feels warmer, yeah. But absolutely. yeah, I I do. I have some good friends who have separate rooms for their instruments mm-hmm. that have, yeah, you know, like a dedicated thermostat for the AC yeah. and a, and a uh, yeah an evaporative. You know, humidifier and the whole thing because they might be sitting on 20 30 40 instruments yeah yeah and some of the um uh, music stores have those too mm-hmm. uh, they'll have a special room i'm not sure they always are doing the right thing with them because sometimes you <laughs> walk in there you're like in a sauna or something yeah they turn up a bit much. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's honestly 45 to 50 percent is yeah because really you don't want to warp your instrument either with too much right uh, humidity so. yeah it'll get it'll literally get soggy yeah. And, and start to move around. It's like my, I have a Leduc bass. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't play that bass at certain times of the year. Okay. Because yeah. it's just moving so much. Yeah. Yeah. You know, where I've actually had to adjust the truss rods on the gig because yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's going. Wow. Um, so it, it likes dryish weather. Yeah. So I save uh, it for that. Yeah. I notice, uh, I, I'd say probably springtime and fall time is just like the instruments are just. Everything's moving. Yeah, I I tell every customer, spring and fall, you're going to have to adjust it. Uh You can pay me to do it, fine, Uh or I can teach you. (laughs) Because it's not hard. Yeah. You know, eighth of a turn, no more than a quarter of a turn at at a time. Yeah. That's all you got to do. Yeah. There's nothing to be afraid of. Yeah. And perfect time to to mention that uh, John does repairs. And, Mm -hmm. I mean, you've got stuff coming through your shop. You were telling me about... uh, Fedora bases and throws and yeah, um, oh, I got uh, got a Lafay in. Okay, which is the Dobrans brothers. Okay, I don't know if I know oh, that name. Wow, I mean these are Super really high-end. spectacular bases. Um, 
Yeah, and then I have some some lower end stuff that comes in too. It's, yeah. it's whatever the players like. But yeah, yeah, uh, I do a lot of bases. Yeah, and you're gonna uh, help me out with my uh, Mexican made yeah. uh, Mexican uh, jazz squire. bass. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we'll get that one behaving. Cool. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it comes down to this is why I say if when you buy an instrument, unless it's perfect off the shelf, mm-hmm. and that's gonna be a short list. Yeah. And you're dropping 15 grand to get there. Yeah. Um, first time, I say take it home, play it for a couple of weeks, then take it to your local luthier mm. or tech, somebody you really trust, you, your friends will send you to. Yeah. That's how to do it. And let them give it an initial setup. Yeah. Yeah. Because you'd be amazed how terrible it is coming out of the factories. <laughs> <laughs> Miserable setup. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then we were talking about like the Ibanez Prestige series yeah. and even their premium series. Pretty much out of the box, they're ready to go. Yeah. Well, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the guitars, too. Um, yeah, I, I I know a little minimal things about, about especially guitar setup. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's um, it's an important feature. But, yeah, I think, one, yeah, once you get to a certain level, they should be somewhat set up. But, yeah. But, um, but, but yeah. And there's, you know, things can move, you know, if it was. Yeah. You know, an instrument made in the south of France is not going to be initially happy in the south of Arizona. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, find your, a good local tech or luthier that you trust that you could, you know, take it for an initial setup. Or if something starts, and they can look at it and say, oh, okay, here's what we got going on. Here's what I'd recommend we do. Yeah. You know, or maybe different strings or that sort of thing because mm-hmm. we've all tried every string ever made yeah and we know <laughs> yeah. um yeah it's it's good but it's good to sort of have a baseline for your instrument yeah to get a perfect setup and so you know what it should do yeah and what it can do so when it changes and it will you can adjust it and ask your luthier they'll tell you how to adjust it they'll tell you what to yeah, do yeah what to do yeah absolutely yeah so we were talking about um, NAM. So NAM generally happens when in uh, January, January, January yeah, or something. End, end of January. Yeah. It is three-ish days of utter chaos. Yeah, it's uh, always exciting. It's fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I mean, I've I haven't been to it. I've known other guitarists who who have, um, but I, I watched the YouTube videos mm-hmm. on it. Yeah, there's. I didn't get to go this year. I used to live in Nashville, so I went to the Nashville every year. Okay. Um, love going to NAM. It is, it, it's the biggest disease spreading event in North America. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they call it NAM thrax because <laughs> everybody gets sick. <laughs> um, but there is really cool stuff coming. I was talking, it's like uh, Trickfish, lovely guys at Trickfish, a 3000 watt base head. Wow. Um, that by all reports is just ridiculous <laughs> and worth owning. Um, um has all the functions, but it will run as two channels. Okay, which is way cool. Yeah. So how, having that many watts, what what are we trying to achieve? Uh, super clean. Super clean high headroom. High headroom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because remember, your, you know, a peak can be ten times your sort of normal volume. Yeah. Uh, that's a lot. Yeah. You know, and half the time, guys, you know, they're slapping and they're like, oh, when I when I you know pop a string, it it, it sounds all crunchy. Uh-huh. It's because your amp gave up. Ah, uh-huh. yeah. Your amp can do no more. It's going into clipping. Yeah, and that's a good way to overheat a voice coil. Okay, so you could you could really play aggressively. Oh yeah. And uh, it's it's gonna deliver. 
Yeah, and you could you could you know put up a couple of I think strip fish doing they're not doing eight tens they do they do a vertical four ten okay that looks really cool that's yeah. supposed to be I've friends who I trust heard it and said it's just yeah just stupid yeah. so you could take a couple of those yeah and if you need more than that they're better be a PA because you're playing a stadium. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, when I try, uh, you know, some of the speaker emulations and things, I, I always tend to enjoy the the four tens. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what it is about it, there, but there, it just kind of there's a thickness yeah. to the sound. Mm-hmm. Um, I like some four tens. Yeah. Some make me angry because they're so not clear. Uh huh. I think that's part of what appeals to me about them. <laughs> They're kind of vague. It's yeah, just, yeah. It's just sort of like it's kind of almost, I don't want to say smeared, but it's like, it's like, yeah, I mean, if if, if, it, if the guitar feels a little bit, a little bit wide, a little mm-hmm. bit mysterious, and I, I kind of like that, like that sound. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think for maybe more like cla- classic, uh, recording like jazz recording, maybe like like the Dreamsville. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I want it to be pretty pretty forward sounding. Right. Um, but I think when I'm going for like uh, like maybe like a Matheny-ish kind of mm-hmm. kind of sound, it just feel if it feels a little bit distant. Yeah. Um, I kind of I kind of like that. Yeah, I get that. That that totally works. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, it's funny. I, I see Trickfish that TC Electronics does this and some other companies doing vertical cabinets. Okay. Which is great. Yeah. So, um, so uh, yeah. What do you mean by that? I mean, I guess yeah. maybe it's obvious, but um, well, but they're basically. So you have four four speakers. So you have four. And they're all four speakers stacked vertically from in one a straight another. line, straight okay. up. Oh, okay. Um, so you end up with typically the, in a square. In a square, yeah. right? So what you end up with is a narrower cabinet, mm-hmm. which, for reasons of uh, really advanced math, okay. means that you get a better wave front. Okay. Coming off. The speaker. Well, if you look at very high-end home speakers, they tend to have these very complex shapes for the front baffle. Yeah, they're they're dealing with the launch. Okay, off the front of the baffle, very clean, very even. Yeah. So going vertical, you get that. The other thing is, it's closer to your ear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I see um, uh, what's his name, Ron Carter, mm-hmm. uh, playing. I mean, m- maybe not in the distant past, but anything recently that I've seen, it's the, yeah, Epif- the bass cabinet. Epiphany speaker. Head, head level. Yeah, yeah. He had uh, Nick Epiphany take one of his cabinets and put a speaker socket in it. Yeah, okay. So he can have it way up high. Like way that. up high. And then you can hear it. Yeah, so I love the idea of the vertical cabinets. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it just makes That's sense. Cool. So you could stack like two, a lot of guys will take a 210, two 210s and put them up on their head. Yeah. Go this way, uh-huh. turn off the lower tweeter, Seriously, um, yeah, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. It's a much cleaner sound. Okay, you, you are because you are getting this really nice launch. Yeah, you're still moving a lot of air, uh-huh. but you're moving a lot of air better. Okay, yeah, I was researching uh, studio monitors. So for any of of you that um, maybe record your guitar, and I would say at any level or interest, uh, hobbyist to you know whatever level, uh, you should be recording yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, one for just, you need that perspective of listening back without playing at that moment. Um, but anyhow, um, so I was researching, um, uh, speakers and, uh, the Genelec there, Mm -hmm. he's saying, you know, it has that, that curved 
bass so that the somehow the sound waves yeah it's almost it's almost a shallow horn loading that genelec does because mm-hmm. the genelec it's one driver it's a coax yeah so you got the tweeter inside the woofer mm-hmm. my favorite speakers are like that yeah um, my daily driver speakers at home are like that but then you look at the cabinet it's got that kind of rolled out yeah so it's a very shallow horn mm-hmm. so a shallow wide horn reinforces certain parts of the low frequency Mm. Yeah, and but it does, and then you notice the edges are really rounded off. Yeah, because if that's a sharp edge, the sound actually kind of scatters like light. Mm. Mm-hmm. So when it hits a sharp edge, it misbehaves. Yeah, um, so that's why you see these very rounded, rounded contours, shapes, which is yeah. why Genelex work and are really, really good. Yeah, yeah, and you can trust them; they translate well. Yeah, yeah, sort of a dream speaker. But, yeah. Uh... <laughs> And, yeah, the prices. <laughs> That's like I want a pair of ATCs. Okay. Or or the TAD studio monitors. Uh-huh. Um, the TADs I like are forty thousand dollars a pair. Whoa. Oh, they sound good. Yeah. Uh, good ATCs. Twenty twenty five thousand. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you're getting that's that's top level studio stuff. But oh, you're, yeah. you're getting. You're getting something you can absolutely rely on yeah. every day. You know that whatever is coming out is the truth. Yeah, yeah. Very uh, cool. Yeah, yeah. So, we were we were talking about the um, some of the correction uh, software mm-hmm. for headphones and stuff. So I've been uh, doing a little bit with that, and you you, you do that. Yeah, I do that. I use the Morphit mm-hmm. um, from Tone Boosters. Their yeah. their correction circuit. Okay. Because I buy our DT seven seventies and nine nineties. Built in, tell it this is what I'm using, and it adjusts them so that they're accurate. Yeah, yeah. And I found that it does translate. Mm-hmm. You know, I can. And if you don't know what we mean by translate, it is something that you hear, and then you hand it to somebody else, or somebody takes it, listens in their car, yeah, or at home on their stereo, and it sounds just as good to them as it did to you in the room. Yeah, it's never going to sound as great as it did in the studio. Yeah, which is too bad. Um, but you want it to translate to the consumer end. Yeah, because a lot of people, you know, the way people consume uh, media, mm-hmm. they may just be on a phone with a single little tiny speaker that has no low end and uh, right. um, it's in mono. It's in, <laughs> which, by the way, if you have a new iPhone, do you know the trick about going sideways on the mm-hmm. iPhone? No, I do not. So it's like I have the iPhone 15 Pro Ultra Max, whatever they call it. Uh-huh. Uh, so if you're holding it vertically in okay. portrait mode, especially yeah. if you're shooting video, okay. it's mono. Okay. Turn it sideways on playback or recording video, all of a sudden it's stereo and it's almost surround sound. It's their their new uh, wide I like that. thing. And it's looking at your head. So as you move the mm-hmm. phone, it's adjusting the speakers. Uh, this is black magic, <laughs> <laughs> but it's really cool and it Very really, cool. really works well. Okay. So if you're shooting video with a well, latest generation iPhone, uh-huh. landscape. Yeah, use landscape. Then you're in stereo. Uh-huh. Go portrait and nobody should shoot in portrait, honestly. Well, um, do it that's what TikTok and all those things have done to us. Yeah. You can, they you kind can, of forced us into that. They did. But. <laughs> TikTok is going to go bad. away. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, but shoot, shoot in, you, you know, here's the thing. You can always dumb it down. Yeah. But you can always take audio and dumb it down, but you can't smarten it up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Absolutely. So, yeah, go with higher quality, then you step down, which is why it's like I record at um, usually 96.32. Okay. 
just as fast as my equipment will go. Okay, cool. Because I can knock it down to 1644. Okay, yeah. But if I upsample, doesn't sound, you, yeah, you so can't gonna, reclaim stuff that's yeah, lost. Yeah, you're not gonna really get that, yeah. Um, yeah, cool. So um, mm. let's see, any guitarist basses you uh, on your radar? I know we talked about <sighs> Matteo um, Mancuso. Matteo Mancuso is the. He's an alien. <laughs> he really, really is. It is stunning. Yeah. And it's chops for days and tasteful as anything. Uh huh. They're just beautiful player. Yeah. Yeah. I was reading a, a little uh, something, uh, maybe an excerpt from a guitar magazine, uh, mm -hmm. him talking about stuff and, uh, um, you know, just, just being a, uh, musician, contemporary, you know, musician and, and how you, you know, do some, you do some live work, you do some mm -hmm. YouTube stuff and, you know, yeah. um, you know, it's interesting the, um, you know, back in the big band era, I mean, there were where people, you know, really had full time gigs touring, yeah. um, which I, people still do, but um, maybe not big bands too much, but so, somewhat. But anyway, kind of the point is, you, you know, sort of diversify into this world that we're living in now yeah. that's partly partly Internet. And I'm not putting any words in his mouth. I'm just right. th this is what I. I gather from mm, it. Uh, yeah. That's pretty and, interesting. Yeah, and he's he's right. He does wonderful videos. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Um yeah. and you mentioned uh, uh Rick Beato interviewed him. I haven't, I haven't checked that one yeah, out. Yeah, I think last time I looked, I think it had over a million hits. Wow. Yeah. I need to watch that. Which originally. is it is I'm a bass player and a really miserable guitarist. I just pointless <laughs> on guitar. And I watch this and I'm ready to sell my stuff. It is <laughs> breathtaking how good it is. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that he could stop and explain it. Uh-huh. Very if cool. If it's theory or technique yeah. or his mindset or however. Yeah, nice. He's really worked it out. He's yeah. obviously spent a lot of time yeah. um, Very cool. figuring it out. Yeah. Very and nice. it's cool. And he also does, Beato did an interview with Matteo Mancuso and Matthias, I can't remember his last name, he's a Brazilian guitarist okay uh so mateus plays with a pick mateo yeah. plays with like, a like flamenco style. finger style yeah so it's the two of them talking both being ridiculous uh -huh. you know? <laughs> cool. it's really fun to watch because yeah. you're just you're going you're back and forth like why do i try <laughs> just why um yeah it, it's like watching the guys from polyphia <sighs> it's my, it makes my eyes water because yeah. it's not my favorite style of music, but it is impressive. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think who else is out there. Um, I'm very upset. Carl's Benevent and Richard Bona were in New York last week doing a gig, okay. playing music of Paco di Lucia. Ah, nice. nice I didn't nice. find out about it till the day after. Oh, okay. <laughs> very annoyed, because um, yeah. that must have been spectacular. Absolutely, yeah. And Bona is touring in the U.S. again. Okay. He's doing little dates here and there. He didn't for years, because oh. it, it was so so frustrating. Okay. He just stopped. He just stopped. Doing he was it. like, "This is just not worth the hassle." Wow. Yeah. Which is too bad. So he's doing that. Okay. Um, yeah. Dirty Loops is on a small room tour, uh -huh. like two thousand seats or less. Okay. So they're coming to the Fillmore in Silver Spring, Maryland, mm -hmm. next month. I have tickets. Okay. I can't nice. wait. <laughs> <laughs> then the next month at the Fillmore is the band Lawrence, one of my favorite bands. Check out their acoustic versions. Of, okay. They've done like three or four videos yeah. live in the studio. Yeah. And it's the band and 
this group of singers that they work with. Okay. Really spectacular. Very cool. Yeah. Very so cool. lots of coolness out there. Yeah. Um, from a gear point of view, um, I happened upon these, uh, I think they're called Dingwall guitars. Yeah. I'm curious what you think about those. I love Dingwalls. I forgot to bring, bring that up earlier. I, I, I tried a Dingwall on the early on. Okay. It's Sheldon Dingwall. And, okay. And he's from Saskatoon, Regina, Canada. Okay. I only know this because that's where my mother was from. <laughs> it's in the middle of the prairie. I mean, seriously, it is. Draw a map of the draw a map of nothing, yeah. and in the middle of nothing is Saskatoon. <laughs> uh, it's a beautiful place. That's it's, funny. I, ha I have a distant Canadian uh, relative. I think. Anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just it's out there. But Sheldon makes these astonishing bases. Okay. And all he does is fan fret. Yeah, I noticed that the fan fret, which makes a lot of sense, I think, yeah. for a six string. Well, even uh, four. Lower register. Yeah, yeah, I guess anything, right? Anything. Because he did, it used to be early on you could get traditional fretted or the, the fan fret. Yeah. Um, but nobody was, apparently nobody was ordering the traditional. Okay. Uh, but I remember trying an early Dingwall at a dealer mm -hmm. down in Virginia. Yeah. And he was like, here, try this. Let me know what you think. Okay. And I sat down literally 15 seconds. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, this is perfect. This yeah. makes sense. And do they make it like guitars? <laughs> They do not. They just all bases. Yeah. Okay. Um, they do like Lee Sklar mm -hmm. has a signature model. Yeah. So Lee, yeah, um, I was watching an interview with him um, the other day. Yeah. He seems it, like a pretty cool guy. Everything Lee Sklar is worth watching. Yeah. He's he's he loves doing videos and stuff and doing interviews. And, yeah. Um, Lee is. See the Ron Carter is the most recorded bass player in history. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've heard that. Carol Kay is the most recorded studio bass player in history. Yeah. Lee Sklar is the most recorded electric bass player, period, mm. in history. Okay. Yeah. Nice. He's done it. He yeah. has that distinction. Yeah. It's awesome. And he's got this really long Yeah, he's he's beard, always had the so beard. Always... It's just the hair goes into the beard and Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh and he's very funny. Yeah, yeah. He, he it's fun to watch. Fun, yeah. fun to watch the interview with him. Yeah, and he's he'll do interviews with people who aren't famous. Mm -hmm. Like somebody will send him a message say, "Could we, could I interview you for my channel for like ten minutes?" And he's yeah. like, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> That's pretty cool. Because <laughs> he's been out. He's he was Phil Collins' bass player forever and ever and ever. Yeah. Um, last year he did uh, pretty much all the uh, Lyle Lovett mm -hmm. tour. Yeah. You know, he he does the he's on all the Jackson Brown stuff, all the he's on everybody's. Yeah, yeah. And Lyle Lovett, who, who is he married to? Um... He was married to Julie Roberts. Oh, okay. For a long time, but okay. they're. I'm that... thinking Elvis Costello. Yeah, Elvis he's married to Diana Krall. Right. right. So I thought I would, thought I would circle that back yeah, to I'm, jazz, but yeah. I'm trying to figure out really homely guy, really hot woman. <laughs> Something's not lining up. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I did. See, I did see Lyle Lovett uh, one time, and um, um, I was I was playing on a, a cruise ship, and they they did they brought on like these um, you know the sort of music festival, right. and that we we so basically got a week off, and and I got to watch a bunch of people. Um, but it was, yeah, it was a really good band. I thought yeah. it was really. Do you have his large band. Yeah. The That's large right. band is fun. Mm -hmm. I've seen him with the small band. I've seen him with the large band. Yeah. Uh, one, he's one of my favorite artists because mm -hmm. I love his songwriting. Yeah, it's very clever, very funny. Yeah, um, 
for years he split a tour with Bonnie Raitt. Okay. Yeah. And they alternate who opens. Okay. So who does who oh, goes for cool. it's like Earth like Wind that. Fire in Chicago. Yeah. They alternate uh -huh. each concert. Oh, very cool. uh, and the first time I saw La Love It a million years ago in the 80s at a wolf trap, I still remember, I remember one thing from the 80s. Yeah. Um, he walks out and he's like, hi, my name's La Love It. This is my hair. It has its own personality disorder. <laughs> I knew I liked him right there. So it's, <laughs> Yeah, I enjoyed his stage presence a lot. Yeah, he's yeah. very funny, very dry. <laughs> and his band can swing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. They, they were on it. Yeah. So yeah. So Lee Scar has been doing that tour. Yeah. He just tours with all yeah. the very biggest acts. Yeah. That's yeah. him. So go listen to everything Lee Scar says. Uh, yeah. He's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So we've got. Um, uh, let's see. We're, well, we talked about Dreamsville a little bit on mm -hmm. the uh, member area. Um, did a little playing on that one. Uh, beautiful tune. Uh, Henry Mancini. Oh, you were saying um, that uh, Matteo Mancuso is a fan of uh, Henry Mancini. Well, no, it's um, Jacob Collier. Jacob Collier. Okay, yeah, I'm Jacob sorry. Collier is a fan my... of Mancini, which is why he did that version of Moon River. Oh, okay. With gotcha, like gotcha. 1,400 individual parts that he yeah. did. Which, again, if you haven't seen this, put on the headphones for this. Yeah. Because it is really, really amazing. Yeah, and, and watch some of uh, Jacob Collier's uh, uh, music videos mm. you know, and the music, obviously. But it, it ties in. It's pretty clever. And yeah, cool. where he goes through and it just explains. Yeah. Yeah, for like for Moon River, which literally is thousands of parts. Yeah. It's funny. The, the how-to video was like an hour and a half long. Mm. The track is like eight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but he goes through and explains yeah. how... You know, um, and he does talks, right? Where mm -hmm. he sits at a piano and he'll he'll talk about theory and uh, his perspective on yeah on some things too. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So it's check that out. Really neat. And he did he had a tune that came out a couple months ago, I think, called Little Blue. Okay, um, which is just a lovely, just you know, one of these beautiful tunes. Yeah. And then he did this really cool thing where he went on Instagram because he's big on there, and he's like, "Okay, if anybody is available, I need a crowd." Mm -hmm. um, meet me this day at this corner in London at this mm -hmm. time. Wear blue, like a flash mob. Kind yeah, of thing. and then he had booked this old church, and he had like I think it's sixty people or something. Yeah, showed up. Uh -huh. They went in. He set them all up. He taught them the song, and then recorded it. And they're just singing notes, and he's conducting them while he's singing. Oh, uh, okay. So they're just in this beautiful ancient space. Ah. Mm. <laughs> just awesome reverb. Yeah, it's just, yeah. and there's no processing, there's no editing, wow. there's just, um, and somebody who was in there, uh, I saw a little interview that she gave, she said, we showed up, Jacob introduced himself to each of us, he set us all up, we went through the song once, and then recorded it. Very cool. That was it. That's awesome. <laughs> I love it, that. It's it's beautiful. It yeah. is absolutely beautiful, but the guy understands uh, and I'm getting back to Mancini with this. The guy understands what he wants with harmony and space. Okay. Mancini is the same way. Mm -hmm. It's harmony and space. Yeah. That's, you know, you don't think of Mancini as particularly rhythmically driving. Mm -hmm. Although Peter Gunn and, and Pink Panther mm -hmm. aside. Yeah. Most of it is actually very kind of slowish, pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Um, so he's playing with harmony. He's playing with space. Yeah. That's. And we we talked a little bit about um, 
you know, thinking about uh, three three beats for a moment, and then a you know almost like a measure of one and yeah. three beats. I, I think that was a cool perspective. Yeah, it's so interesting. Like I say, and looking at the lyrics against the melody, yeah, you can really see where you know he's thinking. Yeah, th this was written to be sung. Yeah, words interconnected, really yeah. with the melody yeah. harmony yeah and meter yeah and definitely rhythmically with the words he's very carefully yeah like all the all these beats that happen on four are like all but one is a single syllable mm. yeah yeah nice so he's doing this long short long short yeah which yeah. is really clever <laughs> yeah yeah, it's really cool. So I, I hope everybody enjoys that uh, video that I, I put out. I think it was last Sunday or Monday. Yeah, it's a beautiful like version. Thanks. I really like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we were talking a little earlier about, you know, some of the uh, intention behind uh, doing a tune like, like this. I, I hope that folks kind of take that as a starting point mm -hmm. and then, you know, change it and, and develop it into what, what they would like to do with it yeah um and um also you know one thing i you know aim to do is is um i provide folks with uh something they could they could play on a on a gig that's not like a super involved arrangement that right. you'd have to teach or rehearse you yeah. know you could do a little pickup gig and say call dreamsville and just like do do the, yeah you know yeah that's perfect yeah very useful yeah yeah so yeah that's um very cool and uh i was thinking something and it's left me so never mind that's right uh <laughs> we'll probably come back to you in the car in that's the what, car that's what happens to me yeah. all the time on the on the drive home oh, this, um, this thing was really clever i could have said that <laughs> very moment <laughs> but yeah i mean it's yeah mancini is just fun all yeah. of it is maybe you should as the year goes on maybe look a little more yeah mancini yeah yeah more mancini tunes yeah yeah it's uh, um there's clever fun things you know i mean we spent two or three minutes talking about the first two measures yeah yeah we did. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's just so much to yeah to i mean there's four notes and three chords mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely that's pretty cool yeah so let us know in the comments uh how you're doing on this tune um also let us know if you're interested in um in excellent high quality durable uh cables yeah give me a shout yeah um uh, john makes those uh this uh company mm -hmm. instrument instrument audio, audio. Yeah, yeah based uh, just north of baltimore and right near hunt valley yeah yeah so, uh, and uh you can if you're not local you can uh ship him your instrument to uh to have set up yeah. properly so it's plays its best and sound its best yeah and, or if you don't want to ship and you want some advice about who to go see yeah i know a lot of techs around the country so <laughs> um give me a shout and if i can i'll you know we'll find you somebody to yeah yeah to get you to the right place it is really really important and you will be so much happier yeah and yeah. A, a good instrument set up well is just such a pleasure to play yep and this includes guitars and, and bass, and bass. Nice. yeah yeah, awesome. pretty much if it has strings. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I don't, I don't do uprights anymore. After I did mine, I used to do them, but there's yeah. some really great um, 
upright luthiers. Luthiers, yeah. yeah. And they're set up, and it's a specialty thing. Yep. Um, and you need a really huge space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Well, uh, we'll call it a day for yeah. today. But if you haven't already, like and subscribe and uh, follow the channel. And uh, and hope you enjoy all the tunes and stuff here. And uh, thanks again, John, for coming oh, out. Thanks. Great to be back. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see you all in the next one. See you next time. Mm -hmm.